You're listening to the Bookmark Warriors, where your host, Nathan Eds, dissects and summarizes different books of different tastes and likings. Enjoy. Hey people, this is Nathan Eds, your host, and congratulations on listening to the first ever episode of Bookmark Warriors. Now today's episode is about none other than The Walking Dead's Rise of the Governor. Now this was written by Jay, and I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm just going to say J.B. and Robert Kirkman, the author of the comic book series. Now I chose this book because of all the popularity amongst uh, the Walking Dead series is very popular right now. And I think that this is a good book to start off with because... You know, people will be searching for this. My podcast might get some hits just because I'm doing this book. Now, I know that's kind of selfish, but I also am a big Walking Dead fan, and I really do like this book. And I'm hoping other people do, too. So, alright, now I'm going to start off with reading a summary that I put together with the help of Wikipedia, because I cannot write one by myself. It would have been horrible, and you would have hated me. So, (laughs) I took the copy and paste from Wikipedia and I modified it so that it gave more information than what Wikipedia gave. So it was mine and Wikipedia together and I thought you people should know that I kind of cheated. (laughs) But it's better, faster than what I would have written. Alright, so here we go. Now this novel follows the story of Philip Blake, his daughter Penny, his brother Brian, and his two drinking buddies, Bobby and Nick. Beginning of the book, they find this large house in the Wiltshire Estates, and they plan on moving into it after they discover how safe it is and how well-stocked this area is. And they decided it's better than trying to make it to Atlanta, where they think there's a safe zone, or at least more or different groups of people that they can help. After killing the zombified family that had lived there before, Brian discovers that there was one child missing from the family photo on the wall, one zombie that they did not get. And after searching for a while, the others kind of dismissed it as nothing. But later in the story, not much later, a few pages later, there is an attack on the house from a big group of zombies that wandered over from the golf course, which has a herd on it. Now. While fighting this group of zombies, Bobby goes over and leans on the doghouse. And when he does that, the zombie that Brian knew that was missing from the family photo pops out and bites Bobby right on the leg, which causes him to pass. Now, the group can no longer stand this house because of the sadness that it brought them, so they moved on. Also, when this happened... A few things also took place where Philip kind of went crazy and started screaming at the zombies. This drew the herd from the golf course, and they're now on their way to the house. So, the group was forced to leave, quickly. And the last thing Brian did was he posted one sign outside Wilshire Estates, and this, if you read the comic series, you know this. He posted a sign that says, All dead, do not enter. Now, after this, they try and make their way to Atlanta, which their vehicles keep breaking down, so I'm not going to get into all the details, but pretty much the vehicles keep breaking down, they keep having to get new ones. And then, once in Atlanta, they find it swarming with zombies, 
and the safe zone has either been overtaken or never was there. After a disastrous car accident, the group frantically flees a giant group of the undead until they hear a voice calling to them from an apartment building. The voice belongs to April Chalmers. Calmers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Send me an email yelling at me, please. Who lets them into the building, where her father, Dave, questions their morals at first. Later, April, Dave, and Tara learn to trust the weary travelers. And everything is great until the two small and the two small groups learn from each other. And they kind of help each other out. Now, I really like this because it talks a lot about how Dave Calmers, Chalmers is kind of just like Philip. So there you have that contrast there, and it's just, I thought that was nicely done. Now, to the shock of the survivors, David passed from a pre-existing sickness, and he changes into a zombie, but he was never bit. And when he turned into a zombie, he almost bit Tara, his daughter. Philip kills the zombie and saves Tara's life, but she hates him for it because that was her father. As the group attempts to move on from the incident, Philip turns a clumsy attempt into romance into rape and sexually assaults April. The morning afterwards, April is nowhere to be found, and the group is forced out by Tara at gunpoint to leave the building. Reluctantly, the group leaves without their weapons and without most of their things. After several days of riding motorcycles that they luckily stumbled upon in a motorcycle shop in Atlanta, the Blakes and Nick find a villa atop a hill and decide to stay there indefinitely. Brian thinks that they're being followed, but no one believes him because Brian's been kind of like the nervous Nancy of the group this entire book. And he's not really taken seriously until they get attacked by this crazed group of people who forces them out of the house. Now, they force them out of the house and Philip just goes crazy and a firefight breaks out. Uh, Philip gave Penny to Brian and Brian took off running. Now Brian promised Philip nothing would happen to Penny. And when they were hiding in the bushes, one of the crazed people from the group comes out and shoots Penny and is about to kill Brian when Philip arrives and saves Brian. Upon discovering his dead daughter, Philip starts to beat Brian to death, breaking a few ribs and bones, but nothing more than that, until Nick steps in and stops it. Driven by grief, Philip refuses to kill the zombie form of Penny, and she comes along with the group as they venture onwards. Now, later, they stumble upon Woodbury. At Woodbury, there's not much order or unity among the citizens. Everyone tends to keep to themselves. Everyone goes on doing their own thing. Everything goes well until Philip brings Penny into their house and keeps her there in the closet right next to Brian's room. Philip then is seen dragging a girl into the woods, and Nick goes out to stop it before Philip can rape her. In the heat of the moment, Nick shoots and kills Philip and accidentally kills the girl and starts to babble and go crazy, so Brian has no choice but to shoot Nick himself. Later, after he gets back to Woodbury, there's a sort of a meeting because of all the missing bodies and the missing girl, and the National Guardsmen try to take over Woodbury. They do this by threatening everyone and threatening to kill anyone who talks back. That's pretty much their only statement. 
But once the takeover starts to fall apart, Brian steps out and shoots the leader in the head and raises the townspeople in a revolt against the National Guardsmen. At the end of the book, Martinez, a member of Woodbury, asks Brian what his name is, and Brian takes it upon himself to take up his brother's name as Philip. And it is revealed that the governor is, in fact, Brian Blake. Now, I loved this book. Okay, love is a strong word. I strongly like this book because, well, it kind of took you through loops. It really did. It The whole time, I thought that Philip was going to be the governor, especially after he raped April. And what that summary did not say was to the group, the crazed group that killed April, he raped the girl in front of the guy and tortured the guy until Nick found them and killed them because they wanted him to kill them. And this just kept leading on until to what the governor did in the comic series. And I thought that it was just very, I don't know, very clever how Robert Kirkman and JB put this all together. Now, one thing that I do want to talk about is some quotes. Now, they did have a few quotes in the series, or not in the series, in the book, like randomly, between different parts. Uh, one of them that I really liked was, he who fights too long against dragons becomes a dragon himself. And if you gaze into the abyss too long, the abyss will gaze into you. And I don't know how to say this person's name. It's N-I-E-T-Z-S-C-H-E. Now, forgive me, I'm not that good of a pronunciator. Yeah, Exhibit A. But I like that because it shows that Philip and Brian and Nick were fought so many different crazy people and fought the zombies to survive that they actually went crazy themselves. And it's also pretty sad, in my opinion. I think it's really sad how the group kind of fell apart because of how they were handling themselves. Now, uh, I like this quote for more because it also talks about, you know, if uh, whatever you, if you do something too long, it'll eventually happen to you. Now, Philip killed a lot of people, and he ended up getting himself killed because of what he did, and by his best friend, Nick. Now, I think that's just heart-wrenching to know that things were driven so far gone that his best friend killed him because he was crazy, and then his best friend went crazy after killing him. Now, and it just, it kind of hit me. I don't know, I, I might just be weird, and y'all are just gonna make fun of me for that. All right, another quote is on page 213, and it's, says, no man chooses evil because it is evil. He only mistakes it for happiness and the good he seeks. By Mary Wollenstonecraft. Wollstonecraft. Anyway, that, I got out of that, that, you know, no one really thinks, oh, I'm going to be evil today because evil is what I want to do. They think, oh, I want this, so I'm going to do this. And just, like... For instance, a bank robber. What do you think? You think evil. 
But really, that man just wants to be happy, so he goes to rob a bank. Some people get hurt, but he's not doing it because he wants to be evil. He's doing it to be happy. Now, it's just... it's It kind of describes um, the governor, in a way. Because the governor wants himself to be happy, and he does things that make him happy, but what he does is just evil. But he doesn't do it because it's evil. He doesn't think he's evil at all. Uh, Alright, and I'm going to go through a character list of the four, five main characters in the book that I think are very important to talk about. First one is Philip Blake. Now, I, in my mind, I pictured Philip Blake as this big, huge guy. I mean, in the story, it describes him with having short black hair, tattoos all over him, a black Fu Manchu, you know, he was just... And the way he talked and acted, he pictured, I just pictured a big, badass redneck. And that's just, in the book, that's just how he is in my mind, until he starts to go crazy. And then it's just kind of a crazy, badass redneck. And, yeah, I know. Now, Brian, his brother, his older brother, is just a really, I just picture this really skinny, scrawny version of Philip, without the Fu Manchu, but instead he has long black hair. And he's just really wimpy overall. He looks like if you kicked him, he would break. And his character from throughout the story has difficulties with pretty much everything. In the beginning of the story, he had a cough. And this cough was shown sort of like a weakness in him. It was like kind of a... I don't want to say a tick. It was more like a... Something he... It, it showed how vulnerable he was. I mean, later it disappeared, and then it came back, and then disappeared again. It was it was kind of like a roller coaster of emotions when it comes to Brian. You can just see him being that emotional, caring, older brother, but he's not really the leader, like Philip is. Now, Penny is just, she, every time it talks, like, what she did would just made me smile. Uh, she was this cute little girl. The only problem was she's being scarred by this different world that she's being raised in in the way everyone's acting and changing around her. You know, she doesn't talk much anymore. She doesn't really do anything, but she just has you can tell she just has a golden heart and she means everything she does. Like one part of the story, they went to a shop and she found the toys and the toys were broken and and disfigured and she collected the toys that were broken just so that she could fix them and bring good to the world and I just thought that that was just really nice thing to kind of picture how there is good in this world of bad. Now, the next character is one of Philip Blake's old high school drinking buddies, Nick Parsons. Uh, Nick is, in the beginning of the book, he's just this really badass person. He's kind of like Philip in a way, but less. He's not as brave, he's not as strong, he's not as anything. But he's like, he's... M He's up there, and I always pictured him as I I don't I can't remember how the story the book described Nick, but I always pictured him as built just like Philip, only smaller and has blonde hair. That's my personal thing. I if you, you want to yell at me, I mean, please do. But in my mind, in my head's movie, that's what it was. Now, he was very. I liked his change in his character from the beginning to the end of the book. He was very trusting in Philip. He did have his own opinion, but eventually he always understood what was right for the group. And later in the book, 
After it gets around the point where the crazed group attacks them, after they make it to that villa, that's he gets really, really religious. And actually, later on, that's why he kills Philip, is because he thinks that what Philip is doing is evil and God does not approve of it. So he goes t to kill him, just pretty much for God, as himself, as a warrior of God. It was odd. And, and then he goes crazy, realizing what he'd done, and he gets shot himself. But I like the transition from this big, tough, macho, I'm sure guy, to this, I'm not really sure of anything, but I feel like I know sort of thing going on. And he's more of a very, very, he's got like a religious nut after a while. And the last but not least is Bobby Marsh. Now, I don't really want to say he's a main character, but he was one of the original group, which is what I want to focus on right now. And Bobby Marsh was just this, was just this fat, plump guy. He wasn't fat, but he was overweight and chubby, but he was built fat. I don't know how to, he was big boned, I guess. And I always pictured him as, he has like a brown mustache, brown hair, big guy, like you see in like the movies, you know. He's a guy that can handle himself, but he's just, I mean, you look at him and you think that you can outrun him no matter what. <laughs> now, Bobby had this nervous tick. Whenever something would go wrong, he would start giggling and laughing, which really got him Philip's nerves. And the book talked about how Bobby was, like, just really trying to impress his uh, friend Philip because he felt Philip, the alpha dog of the group, and him, I don't know, he always felt like he embarrassed him. But he was trying so hard to just please his very good friend who obviously is better than him. Now, that's all I have for the main characters. It's just, I think it's really cool that the dynamic of the group, you've got your clear leader, you've got your clear caregiver, and you've got your religious nut and your overweight fatty. And of course, the darling little girl. Now that group is just, it's very well dynamic, and I feel like it was a good group to travel together because I feel none of their personalities really clashed. I mean, there was butting heads every once in a while, but nothing serious, like clashing serious, was really bad in this group, and I like that. Uh, another group I want to talk about is the Chalmers, or the Calmers, or whatever you want to call them in your own little mind. Not little mind, in your own mind. <laughs> um, there was Dave, who was this just, I always picture him as just old Philip, because in the book that's pretty much how it describes him, he's just old Philip. He is this old guy that you could just tell would be able to kick your ass if he wasn't on an oxygen tank. And then there's Tara, this really fat lady who smokes pot. Now, I understand the smoking pot part of it, because, hell, I would be driven to that during a zombie apocalypse. But she was just... Her character I hated. I just... She was annoying, and then she got bitchy and then she got mean and bitchy and then she just plain kicked out the group on their own without any weapons and I just hated her the entire time. Now another good character is April. April was this just strong independent g girl, woman, I don't know what you want to call her, strong independent woman who could do whatever she wanted. She'd do things just to prove that she could do it and Philip fell in love with her. Now at first I just want to make sure when I read the fact that he had raped her I want you all to know that at first, 
you could tell that she was in she was like she was kissing him back blah 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 but after they started actually having sex that's when she started trying to push him off and he went on to his own little world and continued to have sex now that is rape and but I don't want you people to think that he's attacked her he did not he thought he loved her and he he cried and he cried and regretted what he did a few episodes a few pages chapters later about how much he screwed up and how he wished it hadn't happened and how he just couldn't stop himself and I actually pitied both of them I, I mean you know you tend to never pity the person who did the rapist but I I pitied Philip a lot because he just he was distraught about how he acted uh, alright and then there's the crazy people group that all died yeah I don't want really to talk about them because they're all fucking dead so yeah um, I want to talk about Woodbury for a little bit um, Woodbury was brought together by a doctor, a pretty much just like big heads of state. They like doctors, um, lawyers, someone, blah blah blah, came together and they made this community, a safe zone where no zombies could get in. And also there were a group of national guardsmen who ran this racetrack, um, which was really bad for the group because the racetrack drew in zombies because of the noise. So, anyway, I like I like the dynamic between the, the how everyone kind of just kept to themselves. I like that because it showed how alone everyone was in Woodbury before Philip, Brian, and Nick came along. Because if you've read the comic book series, you know Woodbury was a very successful community, a very good community, except for the sacrificing of people and so on. I mean, the community was together. And had like, you know, it was just everything was working. Um, but it just they changed it for the good. But he was just, I mean, like I said earlier, he was just he was doing what made everyone happy. But he was just did so many evil things. He was just such an evil man, Brian. I mean, I understand he went crazy, but it's just the things he has done. If you read the comics, you know. He... And you know, I'm just going to throw this in. Spoiler alert. I just want to let you guys know that I'm going to be talking about the comic book now. So if you're scared that the TV series might go this path, then skip a few minutes. But the governor cut off Rick's hand. And killed decapitated people and put their heads in fish tanks just so we could watch the zombie version of their heads kind of squirm around in the fish tanks. And he kept he kept Penny alive, his niece alive, and kind of like made her his daughter. And he would put women, like tie women up and rape them, pretty much. And that was his way of dealing with them. Also, he would put person against person in an arena and have them fight to, I don't know, a lot, not to the death. It was more of a let's beat the crap out of each other in front of a group of people, sort of thing. But he also had threw zombies in there, and he would feed people that didn't agree with him to the zombies, so that the zombies wouldn't always eat people. I guess. 
wouldn't always be hungry and always want to attack the people fighting in the arena. They were just kind of there to make everything more interesting. Now, that kind of shows how he kind of fell off the deep end. Now, this book, I, I have read it on a Kindle. I'm in, uh, right now, I'm in Germany for an exchange program. Uh, so, most of my books I buy on the Kindle, and I read them off my Amazon Kindle. Uh, I actually have a book coming in the mail soon called Necropolis by Michael Dempsey, which will I will be doing as soon as I'm done reading that, I will do that book. Because that's I heard it was a very good book, very sci-fi, very... It's, it's very, just very good. <laughs> um, I will be reading that next. Not next, but that's what I want to be doing in the future. And um, so if you have a book choice that you want me to read and talk about, or hell, if you want to come on the sh come on with me and talk about it with me through Skype for the show or for a part of the show, be my guest, you can read the book, and we'll discuss it together, and have some playful banter, and all will be good. Um, that could be a good replacement for a co-host, I think. But the, uh, Anyway, back on track, back to The Walking Dead. This is a good book. Uh, I suggest you pick, if you haven't picked it up, and you listen to this anyway, you'll still like it. I, cut, I missed, or I um, left out a lot of things. I wanted to kind of summarize the book without giving away everything, and so I did, and I want you to read the book. Great book. It keeps you on your toes. Uh, if you're looking for a storyline where, you know, you have your basic group, kind of like in the Walking Dead comics, you have your basic group, they're all good, and some of them die by bad things. This isn't the book, because bad things happen that the, the group makes happen. And you kind of start off the book hating the people if you've read the comic because of what you know what they do in the future. Uh, overall, I applaud Robert Kirkman for what he's done. I think he did a very good job of putting it together. Him and JB, they just they they brought a book that I would enjoy out of a comic series that I enjoyed. So, I think that's great. I give the book a seven out of ten. Now, I'm going to rate a book, rate books out of 10 every time I do a podcast, I'll rate the book. I give this book a 7 out of 10. All right, well, that's all for the book. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I'll be bringing to the table. Uh, as you can tell, I am very new at this. You will be seeing how I'll be getting better as I keep going. This is my first actual episode, so I thank you all for listening. I thank you for downloading this. God bless. Um, I will not be copying them off Wikipedia. I did that for my first one because I... And I fixed it up. I mean, I didn't just copy and read it. <laughs> but I will be writing them myself from now on, and I will be giving a proper synopsis, and I will not give away as much as I did for this book. Uh, plus, I think I'm going to draw it out a little bit more. I feel like an eight-minute summary wasn't good enough. And I want to add different sections to the show. Like, I want to add a point where I can answer email questions or uh, talk about book choices that I get emails from or talk about movies that you want to talk about that are based off books and vice versa. So, 
please uh, subscribe to my beautiful channel, leave a review, be gentle, and uh, email me. You can email me at readingeds, that is R-E-A-D-I-N-G-E-D-S at googlemail.com. And that's how you can get a hold of me. You can talk to me, tell me you have a friend who has a book that you said is good, that you have a book that said is good, you want to talk to me about it, you want to ask me questions, you give it all. And I will give you guys my best. Now, please, please get the word out about this podcast. I want this to be a good one. Now, <laughs> that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, remember, folks, Walking Dead great book and I hope to hear from any of you all of you in the future alright that is all so thank you and good night next week your host and today is host and tell me about I am number four number four and comparing the book to the movie to the movie alright folks alright folks see you next week see you next week